If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What's going on, everybody? This is the Between the Ropes podcast. I am Brian Fritz. Man, there are so many things going on this week that we'll talk about here on the podcast. Things that have just uh, changed over the last couple of days. Survivor Series coming up this weekend. NXT TakeOver coming up this weekend as well. So, And we all know that the, or if you don't know by now, you will know after listening to this podcast. But most of you listening right now know that the plans for Survivor Series got blown up at least in uh, two of the biggest matches on the show with Becky Lynch off the show. And now Daniel Bryan being the WWE champion, and he'll be the one that's facing uh, Brock Lesnar on Survivor Series. So talk about all that preview Survivor Series and uh, TakeOver coming up here. Again, I want to apologize about not doing the podcast last week. Some things came up, but I'll tell you what, if there was a week to actually miss a podcast, uh, last week was the right week. There wasn't uh, too much going on. Not that I ever like to miss a week of doing a podcast because I don't, but at least there wasn't uh, too many things going on. It's not like this week where it feels like chaos has just erupted in WWE. Uh, Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net is going to be joining me here in just a few minutes as we will talk about everything that is coming up this weekend and what is going on this week. And uh want to talk a little bit more about Becky Lynch to her emergence that we have seen over the last couple of months to where it's gotten to this point now. And, and now she's injured, unfortunately, and she cannot be a part of Survivor Series. And um, a couple other things that are going on in WWE. We'll talk about all of that here on the podcast. Special thanks to everybody that is supporting Between the Ropes on Patreon. You can do that as well. Go to patreon.com backslash between the ropes, $3 a month. That's it. Just three bucks a month. And you will get the ad-free version of this podcast. And you don't even have to worry about skipping through ads. You don't have to worry about listening to ads and it helps support the podcast. So if you could do that, that would be fantastic. $3 a month. That's all it is. Patreon.com backslash between the ropes. Uh, I mentioned this before a couple of weeks ago. There is now a subreddit page for Between the Ropes. If you go to reddit.com backslash Between the Ropes, the subreddit is Between the Ropes. Pretty simple. Uh, you can uh, take part in the conversation that is going on there. So uh, please do that. And we can all have some good, fun uh, conversation talking about uh, wrestling. Or well, we can talk about other things as well. But go check out the Reddit page. And also as a reminder, as always, make sure that you're following Between the Ropes on social media. Uh, on Twitter, it's at Between the Ropes. You can follow me personally on uh, Twitter. I'm at Brian Fritz. You can catch up with all my work that I also do for Sporting News. 
I'll be live blogging Survivor Series this coming Sunday night for Sporting News, so you can follow along with that. And I will have the link set up uh, on my Twitter. And you can also uh, check out some of the other stuff that I'm doing over there. Um, an interview with Johnny Gargano talking about NXT TakeOver. That's going to be going up on uh, Friday. And there is going to be a post on the War Games where I'm actually talking about some of the other War Games matches that have happened over the years. Uh, so you can check that out. Oh, and uh, Triple H, as I'm taping this right now, it is Thursday morning, or excuse me, Wednesday morning. My days are all mixed up. But Triple H, Paul Levesque, is going to be doing a media conference call coming up later this afternoon. And I am going to have a post up on Sporting News for that as well. So a lot of stuff you can check out on Sporting News with my coverage there. So follow me on Twitter, at Brian Fritz, and you'll get the links to uh, all of that stuff going on at Sporting News. That's usually the easiest way to find my stuff on Sporting News is to follow me on Twitter. And uh, coming up after I get done talking with Jason, uh, some Q&A. I know I've got some stuff to catch up on from uh, from a couple of weeks ago. You can leave your questions on the Facebook page. Go to facebook.com backslash between the ropes. And I always put up a post up there and you can leave your questions. And I try to get to as many as possible. Let's dive into everything and let's bring in Jason. He's Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net to help us get through all of the uh, chaos and changes coming up for uh, Survivor Series on Sunday. Jason, I thought this was supposed to be kind of a boring, we're supposed to complain about Survivor Series not feeling like it's much. And then over the last couple of days, it's like all hell is broken loose and things have changed for Survivor Series. Yeah, it, it's like the one time it seems like they actually listened and thought, yeah, this is kind of boring. And obviously, you know, the Becky Lynch injury changed things, but I don't know that they've made it better, Brian. That's the thing. Yeah, I know. And, and, and that's, that's the thing we look at because now, and we'll get into this, but obviously Daniel Bryan is a WWE champion. He's going to be facing Brock Lesnar uh, in a champion versus champion, but no championships are on the line match. And... Becky Lynch is out of her match with Ronda Rousey because as they reported on SmackDown on Tuesday night, she has a broken face. Um, that That's quite the official diagnosis, by the way, a broken face. I'm like, you can't just say she has a broken nose, but, um, and she's under concussion protocol. That's the big one that, I mean, if she had a broken nose, I think she would probably still do the match or they at least try. But once you're in concussion protocol, then you're out. And, Obviously, they can't do the match, and they had to make the change. And now Charlotte Flair is, you know, in that match. Going into that, if, if they if Becky had not gotten hurt, it sure felt like that was going to be the main event of Survivor Series. Did did you get that feeling as well that you thought they might end the show with Ronda against Becky? I I gave it a chance. My only hesitation, well, a couple of things. I mean, you just you don't know. I mean, Vince loves himself from Brock Lesnar and that match I could see going on last. But at the same time, uh, the, the thing that really made me wonder was if there's any chance of them headlining WrestleMania with a women's match, I thought they might hold off on, on main eventing a show until then just to make it feel more special. But it was, it was the biggest attraction on that show clearly. Oh yeah. I mean, look at where Becky Lynch has come from. And I mean, you can make the argument and I don't even think it's that difficult of an argument that right now, Becky Lynch is the top star in WWE, at least in the fans' minds, because of how much they've gotten behind her. And the more that WWE has kind of even fought against fans going, oh, she's a heel or she acts this way, the more people have gotten behind Becky, because it is this 
organic thing. Fans made her. Fans have been waiting for her to get this big opportunity. And it's almost better that WWE has kind of pushed back in their way to how they've booked her. Um, because I think it's galvanized fans even more to get behind her to where she is just this, uh, you know, incredible star now that has become bigger than life. And it's unfortunate she's not going to be on the show on uh, on Sunday. But, um, I mean, once she gets back out there, I think she's going to be just as big as she was before. It, it, it's been this amazing ride to see her, you know, how quickly over the last couple of months become like this, this huge megastar. It has. I'm also dreading when they rewrite history and oh. claim that this was their plan all along. <laughs> and you know they're going to. I mean, I'm I'm waiting for those comments. I mean, this it's it's worked out. And to their credit, it does seem like they've shifted her baby face now. I mean, yes. there was still some concern the way she was working and, and running away from Charlotte, trying to take her title belt away that, oh, my God, they still see her as a heel. They're digging their heels in Roman Reigns style. But it does seem like that's changed, and especially with the hug she gave Charlotte the night before. That positions her as the babyface and also maybe, just maybe, sets the stage for the Charlotte heel turn that uh, that I think we all think needs to happen. Let's talk about the hug because, so, Becky picks Charlotte to replace her in the match at Survivor Series against Ronda. And then she gives her a big hug. And this is right after the two of them have been going at it you know, tooth and nail for a couple of months, this bitter feud. And then suddenly she hugs her. Some people had a problem with that. I mean, I don't know for, for whatever reason, I didn't really feel like it was that bad of a thing. I, I didn't feel like, Oh, this is horrible. And they just killed the last two months. How did, how did you feel about the hug? It, it was awkward. Yeah. I was expecting because Becky's such a good talker. I thought uh, with the storyline being that Charlotte is kind of doubting herself. That would have been the place for Becky to really build her up and give her that pep talk minus the hug. But I do think it, it, it creates some interesting storyline possibilities because now Becky has essentially re-embraced her friend. And there's, there's again, there's a way to spin Charlotte off from this where she doesn't accept. She, you know, when, when she does the heel turn, she goes back to that moment. I, I wanted to go back and rewatch it, and I didn't have time this morning. Did Charlotte reciprocate? Was it a, a one-sided hug, or or was was it a mutual deal? It was a mutual deal, but it, it was, was okay. but it was it was more Becky. I mean, Becky's the one that did the full embrace, and I think Charlotte just Charlotte whispered something in her ear. Now, could they play that off like I'll remember this and I'll get you back for putting me on the spot or something like that? Of course they can, but sure. no, she 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 reciprocated. And the thing is, too, like they've got different opportunities now going forward because Becky's basically a baby face. So now who does that mean she's going to face on that brand? Could they do a Charlotte heel turn? That's definitely a possibility outside of that. Who else is she going to face? My, my guess would be they would have to turn Oscar, but, and I think we may have seen the, the, the stage set for that last night too. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, pick that me, pick me, pick me. And she picked Charlotte anyway. Right. So to me, those could be the next two, opponents for Becky, a baby face, Becky Lynch. But I mean, as bad as this injury is that now you've got 
you know, the pieces in place to where you can do Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey on the biggest stage that WWE affords. And the cool thing is, too, they're on separate brands. So there's no reason for them to have a match between now and then. And in the meantime, they can trash talk one another. I mean, Becky can continue to go on social media. She can go on SmackDown. She can call her, you know, Ronnie. She can do all the different things that she was already doing. And they can build up to a match where they don't really touch. Um, maybe they have a pull apart brawl or something where they're pass cross before Mania um, or even at the Royal Rumble. But now they, they've got this thing where this could be a really, really huge match at WrestleMania. And this, this could legit be the main event of WrestleMania. Potentially. Yeah, absolutely. We don't know what else they have planned for that show. If they're getting a Dwayne Johnson, if it's Undertaker's last match, things like that could bump it out of the final slot. But yeah, I, I think this could end up being the best thing that's ever happened to Becky Lynch. Now, obviously, it could be the worst if there's something with the concussion that becomes an issue, as we saw with Daniel Bryan. If that's not the case and, the, and she's back fairly soon. Yeah, I mean, instead of facing Ronda at Survivor Series, now you can save that match for WrestleMania. And the fact that they're going with Charlotte instead, who was expected to face Rousey, tells me that they, that WWE is changing their plans. They they see what they have in Becky Lynch, and, and they're adjusting their plans accordingly. So let's be the uh, cynical jerk fan now. Do we trust WWE over the next six months to keep that feud hot and fresh in the save Ronda Rousey against Becky Lynch for WrestleMania. I, I don't know how, if they're going to keep it hot as much as it'll be a little bit of back and forth on uh, social media, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. because you don't want to overshadow everything. The other woman that, that both women are doing, you know, because they're both could have title defenses between now and then. So I think the, the key is to just kind of let it simmer. Um, do some do some occasional things to keep it fresh in the minds of people, but also let them have their feuds, you know, with, with whoever they're feuding with on their separate brands, and then heat it up once you get closer to WrestleMania. But how do you get there? I guess is is the interesting part of this because in a Survivor Series, it's the champion versus champion thing. So does one of them drop their title? and end up winning the Rumble, or do they just uh, say, hey, this, this was a match that was supposed to happen at Survivor Series. You fans want to see it, and we're going to give it to you. I think one of them is going to have to drop the title uh, because I think the way – well, there's two ways you could make it. You could say, we were supposed to do this before. We're doing it now. Or they could do the – one of them drops the title and wins the Royal Rumble and says, that's the shot that I want. That I want a shot at you know the other person's – title on the other brand so i mean there's a couple ways to get there and i agree when it comes to you can kind of simmer this thing down but even when they're talking about you know facing other people they can throw out little jabs not just on social media but on tv little things here and there yeah just say hey when i get done with you i can't wait to get my hands on ronnie or or you know ronda can say like hey becky don't for you don't think that i've forgotten about you we have unfinished business i mean things like that that can keep being brought up to where people think about it, but it's not on the forefront because they're on their separate brands and they're facing whoever they're going to be facing. But I mean, that has the potential for being, you know, a really big WrestleMania match and maybe the biggest women's match WWE has ever done. It would seem to be, I mean, this was already shaping up to be right there. I mean, it's because last year's WrestleMania was huge, but it was a mixed tag. Um, The, I mean, you go back, I guess, what, Wendy Richter back in those days, <laughs> honestly, it yeah. is, is being a huge deal. 
but yeah, aside from that, it's, I mean, there's been historic moments and, and the, the, the triple threat at WrestleMania was big and, and they've done, uh, and Lita and Stephanie McMahon back in the day. But yeah, I, I think this definitely has a chance to be that. I'll be surprised if it's not. So let's talk about Nia Jax for a minute. So we had both seen the video, like so there was fan footage of the injury and I couldn't tell exactly what happened. I thought maybe it was like a forearm that went awry or whatever, but then WWE actually went there on SmackDown and showed close-up footage where Nia Jax just pulled back and hit her with a straight right hand right in the face and uh, dropped her. So that there hasn't been a ton of backlash like there was against uh, Brie Bella that we saw a few months ago, and I'm still waiting. Maybe there's going to be more backlash that comes out of this. But um, this isn't the first time, and I'm not trying to be mean to Nia, but at the same time, this isn't the first time that, unfortunately, she's been involved in a match where her opponent has gotten hurt. So what do they do with Nia going forward? I don't think anything is really going to change when it comes to her push, or I don't see any kind of punishment or anything like that. But what do they do with Nia, considering that you've got an injury like this, and while accidents happen, it's not the first time? That's... A tricky question. I mean, it, it, hey, if it's my call, I'm certainly sitting her down and having a conversation about this. And and it would have happened prior to now because there have been these other incidents. I, wrestlers are going to defend and, and say, you know, these things happen. Uh, accidents happen. And, you know, I mean, they do. But you don't want to get that reputation for being reckless. Look, she was called up too soon. I think we all know that. Right. But she's, I mean, we can talk about that being an issue, but she's also been working house show matches for how long? And so it's not like she's new, she's 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 green. She's had every opportunity to improve on the house shows, and she has in a lot of ways. This, I mean, it. I, I don't know, I was shocked when I saw just the, 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 um, the angle that they showed on, on SmackDown last night, because that, that fan footage that was getting out kind of looked like she may have threw that forearm and caught her with an elbow. And then you see from the right angle, finally, and now she punched her right in the freaking face. It, I mean, that's, it, I, I don't know what the excuse would be. Well, Becky was leaning in. I, they'll probably try to be someone who spins this, but I don't know how you can. And so, yeah, I found it to be um, certainly, regrettable right I'm I'm always hesitant to come down too hard on somebody in a situation like this but because you know we're we're not in the ring and that sort of a thing but man that um that looked brutal that did you know it's just kind of like how does that happen and like you said you know I I'm not in the ring I don't want to put too much blame here or there but I totally agree in that how shows are where you are supposed to kind of perfect your craft And I think the best thing that they could do for her right now is just keep putting her out there, put her on house shows, kind of slow it down, I guess, on house shows. I don't even know, like, not not that she's working at light speed or anything like that, but have somebody working with her closely, you know, on those shows. And, like, let's go over every match. What did we do here? What did we do there? You know, let's talk about this. Let's find a way to kind of break it down and make you feel more comfortable to where things like this don't happen or, you know, hopefully don't because I mean, accents are always going to happen in the ring. We see that plenty of times. Seth Rollins has had it happen. Brie Bella. I mean, Daniel Bryan's admitted to it. I mean, it happens. It's, it just feels like it's becoming more commonplace with Naya. And like I said, I'm not trying to pick on her, but 
there are, there are a lot of different instances where unfortunately this has happened in her matches. And some of the times it's because of clunky things. I mean, remember that match you had with Asuka where she was supposed to give her like drop her across her knee. And for whatever reason, Nia threw out the wrong knee and it just dropped Asuka kind of haphazardly right on her back. And there was a match where she was supposed to give Charlotte a shoulder breaker and just kind of drop Charlotte on her head. So, I mean, there's, there's things like that, that you can try to take that element of danger out of it, you know, and then to try to be as safe as possible. Yeah. You know, I mean, Hey, they're, they're going to have to do something. Um, I mean, I haven't heard, you know, what the, what the reaction is internally, if they're, if they're upset with her, if it's, Hey, these things happen. Uh, but it's it's become an issue. If this was like a one-time thing, okay, you, you just kind of chalk it up to, I'm sure she feels bad and, and she's going to be apologetic and you move forward. But when it keeps happening, yeah, then, then something needs to change here. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. So let's talk about uh, the new WWE champion. So Daniel Bryan wins the championship. Uh, they set up the match at the beginning of SmackDown, and it it felt kind of weird even when they set up the Daniel Bryan AJ Styles match because you know they called back to the previous match that they did, and AJ made Daniel tap out. But Daniel Bryan comes down to the ring and he gets in AJ's face, and he's just like, "You shouldn't be bringing up my name. Bring up my name, and I'm going to punch you in the face." You know, as AJ's having this back and forth with Paul Heyman. And that kind of felt like, okay, where where exactly is that coming from? But uh, there was a reason for it. They set up the title match and Daniel Bryan wins the title after he cheats. Ref bump and uh, kicks AJ low. And by the way, AJ Styles, he needs to learn to wear a cup after a feud with Shinsuke Nakamura. And now with Daniel Bryan as his nether region must have a bullseye on it or something. Um, Ooh, man, ouch. Jeez, Louise. Thank, I hope he's not planning on having any more kids. But Daniel wins the title and essentially becomes a heel in the process. And now he's going to be facing Brock Lesnar um, at Survivor Series. I mean, that that is a huge change that just took place with the show. I mean, the, the Becky Lynch injury is one thing, and they had to change the match there. But now you've changed the other men's match. I know we got AJ Styles against Brock last year. 
but for whatever reason, they decided to change it to Daniel uh, for this year. And I think the weird thing is not only did they change it to Daniel, but now you've got this heel versus heel dynamic, which I was not expecting at all. Whenever those guys faced. This is a mess. This is an absolute <laughs> mess for Sunday. You know, it, like they did a much better job of making the switch to Charlotte hug or not under circumstances they didn't where they didn't want to make the move than they did with something that didn't need to happen on this show. I, I don't understand it. Um, it's not that I don't think Daniel Bryan can be a good heel. He can. But what gets me is Daniel Bryan's been back for like eight months, short of eight months. They dropped the ball on his return so badly. When you, when you just think back to how excited people were, uh, even going back to when he was sidelined and, and people fantasizing about Daniel Bryan returning and, and fantasy booking matches and, and all of that. And then he gets the miracle. You know, he, he, he's returning to the ring and, and everyone. It just was the, the ultimate feel-good moment. And they dropped the ball. I mean, they put him in a feud with Big Cass. Yawn. They never came close to recreating the magic of Miz and Daniel Bryan um, that that happened on the Talking Smack set, and that you know the one time that they actually seemed to have a little bit of fun with this and get it semi right was when he teamed with Kane. There was some kind of nostalgia fun with that, but this has been this is a bigger story than I think people want to acknowledge when it comes to. The, their inability to recreate that magic with Daniel Bryan. They didn't get it the first time around. And the second time around was just, hey, let's play the greatest hits. He's yesing before, during, and after every single match. And it was kind of like, okay. Yeah, I mean, at first, yeah, of course, people are receptive to it. But as time went on, you could even see it last night before the turn. And I didn't know he was turning. I was DMing uh, Jake Barnett, who does live coverage at ProWrestling.net for SmackDown, and going, man, you know, I mean, it's look at the, the, the yes movement is kind of dead here. So I get that something needed to change. I just don't think they did. I, I think they, well, I actually think they did a, a terrible, terrible job of bringing back Daniel Bryan, something everyone wanted to see and just getting nothing out of it. We should still be in the honeymoon period. We should be building up to that point where Daniel Bryan's finally going to get a title shot or something. There, there was no, I mean, what was their plan? You go, you look, you look back on it. There, there was no real plan for Daniel Bryan other than oh, we're going to have him start with big cast to hold off on the Miz program. And then we don't have anything in mind. Clearly. Right. I mean, this is, this is a disaster. They just totally flattened him out. I almost wonder if some of this was, let's not put him in anything too big until we really trust him back in the ring, until we really believe that he's going to stay healthy. But big cast, but big cast is, that's a whole nother thing too, because yeah, that, that was one that people were never going to get excited about the Miz feud. That just seemed like it writes itself. It's gold. And they well, you ne- let them write it because they were the ones who came up with the gold. Exactly. They never hit on it. The emotion was never the same. I mean, remember they did that what uh, that one Miz segment where he was in the ring talking and Daniel wanted to go hit him and they said, oh, you can't hit me. And, and Daniel was just fine with it. I was just like, wouldn't you just go straight after that dude? I yeah. mean, you beeline it for him. They, they never captured any kind of magic with that. And then now Daniel turns heel out of nowhere. He beats AJ Styles for the championship 
on a SmackDown out of nowhere, ending AJ's year-long title reign. I mean, he's had the title for, what, 371 days, I think is what it was. He loses the championship, and they didn't even make a big enough deal out of him being a champion for that long to me. And it feels like the Daniel Bryan-Miz feud, which... You know, I thought it was going to continue probably at TLC and maybe they could ramp it up to something special at WrestleMania. I mean, that'd be a really long feud for them, but who knows? But it feels like that thing's on ice now and it's going to be Daniel against AJ. But, you know, Daniel's now going to be a heel whenever you know this continues. It, it just feels very weird and very rushed in a lot of ways. And, and who does he work with? I mean, look at the SmackDown babyface roster. You could flip somebody and they may have to. You're talking beyond AJ, it's Rey Mysterio and Jeff Hardy. There's not a lot going on there. Am I missing anyone? I mean, no. anyone who matters? No, because like almost is somebody they could do something more with, but they're not going to. I mean, they just had him lose to Jeff Hardy. Um, I mean, could they turn the Miz? <laughs> yeah, they could, but I don't want to see that happen. You know, I, I think fans will embrace it this time around. So much of it depends on how he plays it, too. Because he turned babyface once before, changed absolutely nothing. And sometimes that's not a bad thing. But when you're a pest heel and you're out there being a pest babyface, eh, it doesn't work so well. Well, you know what, though, with Daniel Bryan, though? Here's one thing I wonder, okay? Because we saw this where WWE said Becky Lynch is more of a heel. But fans never took her like that and to the point where now they've had to turn her babyface. Do fans take to a Daniel Bryan heel turn? Because I have, I mean, we'll see what they... I don't think they, so. I don't think so either. I think... I don't think it's necessarily going to be like, yeah, we're really behind Daniel now. You weren't doing anything with him before. It's not going to be like that Becky Lynch dynamic, but I I don't know what they're going to get out of this, but I, I don't think it's going to be like, we hate Daniel Bryan because AJ Styles is the, the personification of a baby face and a good guy. I, I don't feel that. And I, I don't know what they're going to do with this. Oh, by the way, um, wasn't Daniel Bryan supposedly being punished because he didn't go to Saudi Arabia? That's why he tapped out. Oh, wait, no, no, no. He won the championship instead. Yeah. I mean, that was just like everyone just assumed it was going to happen. It's like, well, you got to wait and see. You don't know what these things. And I mean, he clearly isn't. Um, they're punishing themselves by going with taking what should have been the ultimate David versus Goliath program and turning it into a heel versus heel match that just, I, I, I don't, I don't want to see this. I, I'm not excited about it. I'm mildly intrigued, but for the wrong reasons, like how do they get out of this? What, what do they do with this? Um, this was a match that it's probably my top five most wanted to see matches yep. uh, and, and they've ruined it. I'm not looking forward to this. And it's not that I was really looking forward to AJ and Brock either. It, it felt flat. It's, and some of it is just the survivor series concept itself, the champion versus champion. All it does is make you go, okay, there's no title on the line. So put that aside. I don't care about raw versus SmackDown. Uh, so is it going to be a good match or not? And, and that's, you know, I'm not the guy who looks at match quality as being everything. And, and so, I mean, it's something like Rollins and Nakamura, that that appeals to me. Just knowing, even though they've done nothing, they, they've managed to downplay that match by having Seth act consumed with Dean Ambrose to the point that he's not even thinking about the match. Like, oh my God, way to go, guys. I know what they're trying to do, but it just like backfiring for this. So yeah, now, I mean, you just have this, Clunker, weird scenario of Brock Lesnar and Daniel Bryan, which can be good when the bell rings. But w- why did this happen now? What, what is it? 
is Vince as bored with the Survivor Series concept yes. as, as many of us are? Yes. Because he, I, he changed this last year, too. All of a sudden, it was looking like gender against Brock Lesnar, and he made the switch to, to AJ Styles. And here we are this year again, thinking we're getting one main event, and then we don't even get promos, Brian. Nothing. We don't get to hear from them. I know. And, and one quick thing, when it comes to uh, if fans start to cheer Daniel Bryan, which I think we, we both agree, we don't expect it, all they have to do is pull in a bella. I mean, that'll end that quickly. Well, the the whole thing is, like, I, I've been excited, and Daniel Bryan has openly talked about my dream matches against Brock Lesnar. He's yeah. thought about this match for years. He's played out the scenario in his mind. I don't know how he's played it out, but in my mind, when I've played it out of, like, what do I want to see in this match? I want to see that David versus Goliath, yep. you know, thing that, like you said, but that Oh, the big, Daniel Bryan never once envisioned it as heel versus heel. Right. I mean, the, the biggest one of the biggest parts of the match in getting the emotion of a match is small guy, baby face Daniel Bryan going up against heel monster Brock Lesnar. And now that's gone. Sure is. And they just slapped it together and do it on the show. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to be a bad match. I mean, let, let's see what they do here. But I mean, are these guys really going to go like 10, 15, 20 minutes? Uh, or, you know, is it going to be one of these where somehow they get out of it really quickly? It only lasts five minutes. Uh, who actually wins this match? Does somebody get involved? Like, I mean, this is a match where I could see AJ Styles getting involved. Uh, the, you mentioned the Seth Rollins against Shinsuke Nakamura match. That's one where I could see Ambrose getting involved. So, I mean, are we going to get a couple of matches with screw job finishes on, you know, survivor series, which is supposed to be one of their biggest, one of their big four pay-per-views of the year. I mean, there's a lot of questions that go into that, but it almost feels like you've got to do something like that because otherwise, if you just have like clean finishes, it's like, okay, what what was all of this for? I mean, there, there's already that missing element because like you said, nobody cares about the Raw versus SmackDown element of, of this and there's no championships on the line. So what are we fighting for? Well, here's my fear. Daniel Bryan takes a count out loss because it, and they try to position him as the heel who cost SmackDown <laughs> the stupid thing that only Shane McMahon and Stephanie McMahon care about. Mm. I don't think they would do it like as the main event, but something along those lines where all of a sudden then we get super Shane O'Mac and Daniel Bryan. And that's the, that's the view because he costs SmackDown. Like, Oh my God, I, I hope that's not Wait, it. But I but, thought Shane was supposed to be turning heel. Well, I think he was. I don't know if that's happening now. I mean, how many heels can you have on one roster? I mean, can he really call himself the best in the world and be a babyface? No, but he kind of walked that back. You know, I mean, yeah, everything seemed to point to him going heel, and maybe he still will. But I, I'm not since ever since Saudi Arabia, there really haven't been any signs of it. And I thought, well, maybe they're just going to drag this out a little bit. And they'll get to it. And, and they maybe they still will. But right now, I'm not really there's no foreshadowing that I'm picking up on. Are, are you? No, I'm not. I mean, and that's weird because I really thought they were going to do something where he was going to be touting that trophy out there every week and, and talking about that going, well, you know, I am uh, you know, I'm the best in the world. You know, we, we've got the bragging rights on SmackDown that, you know, this brand has the best in the world on it. And they haven't done anything like that. So I, I don't know if I don't know if because the if the backlash that they immediately got from that match is the reason why they changed it or when all of the pieces start really coming together for what they're doing right now, when that actually happened. 
Yeah, it, because when, boy, when I watched that, I thought it was hilarious. Everybody was all up in arms. It was, oh, me too. I thought it was, I thought it was funny as hell. Yeah, it's just all of a sudden this tournament that people didn't give a damn about. They were outraged. The mock outrage came out for Shane McMahon winning this tournament, and it was just like people. He's a heel. This is hilarious. But now he's not. And so if they don't turn him, that is going to be one of the funnier things to go back and watch. I want to see the Daniel Bryan promo. He goes, not only am I the WWE champion, but when I beat you, Shane McMahon, I'm also going to be the best in the world. (laughs) (laughs) This is, I, I, it made for a very interesting night. That's for sure. I, man, I I don't know. I, I, I don't really like, I think Daniel Bryan will be fine as a heel. It clearly, you know, he they, there needed to be a spark there of some kind, but I just don't know why you, you feel the need to do it going into Survivor Series. Maybe Michael, it'll, and something will happen on Sunday. We'll be like, okay, that's why they did it when they did it. But otherwise, like, why didn't you just do it next Tuesday? I was going to say, couldn't they have just done the scenario where if they really wanted do Daniel against Brock, they do the match with AJ and Daniel. He wins, you know, Daniel wins the title. And then next week is when he actually turns heel. Like we don't see it, but AJ, he feels like AJ's wanting. I'm not, I'm not going to give you a rematch or blah, 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 blah. Or maybe they do a rematch on TV, but that's where Daniel cheats. You know, he kicks him low. He does whatever. And then he says, Hey, I've fought and I've scratched and I've clawed, you know, when people didn't even think I was ever going to come back. And when I did come back, I I said I was going to be WWE champion and nobody ever believed me. And I was not even close to the championship. And I took advantage of my opportunity to get there. And now I'm not letting anybody take it from me. I am the champion. I am going to remain the champion. I will do whatever it takes to be the champion. And whatever reason, they said, you know what? Let's just do everything in a rush on one night right before Survivor Series. I, I would have taken the approach. I would have had AJ do the match. And, I mean, if, whether he wins or loses, he takes quite the beating. It, it's a hellacious match. You know, he get, takes a lot of punishment. And Daniel Bryan completely takes advantage of that somehow on Tuesday. And, and you, that way you can kind of see, like, wow, he's being really vicious for you know, a guy that he's supposed to be semi-friendly with. I, I would have done it that way. And... and Left, I, I think there, there's a way to do it where AJ's sympathetic and Daniel Bryan just you know is merciless with him. And hell, you even could have turned Shane if that's still in the works by making you know Shane ordering AJ to defend the championship that night or something, even though he's clearly in no position to do so or no condition to do so. But they rushed it, and I guess we wait and see on Sunday what that you know why it was. If there is a reason they rushed it, I, I, I don't know what it would be. You know who I kind of feel is the big loser in all of this on SmackDown? And this is kind of jumping the gun, and we'll see exactly where they go. But I, again, feel like Samoa Joe kind of got lost here. And I wonder what's going to happen with him, because he is a heel, and now you've got a heel champion. Samoa Joe is done, though, um, in terms of being like a meaningful player during AJ Styles' reign. I mean, when AJ beat him with a house show finish in Saudi Arabia... It, to me, it was like, all right, it's over. Um, I like I didn't when they went back to that match. It was like, okay, yeah, um, you know, Daniel Bryan's not going, and uh, I didn't feel like they got as much out of the AJ and Joe feud as they could have. And I was, you know, I knew it was a, just a small sliver of hope. Well, maybe you know things change, and sometimes that causes Vince to change his way of thinking. Maybe they put the title on Joe. 
and they didn't. I, I you know, can't say I was surprised by that. But when he beat him in 11 minutes with a house show, just decisively clean finish and not a bunch of near falls and things, was like, yeah, they're they're not looking at him that way, unfortunately. Now something could change. Maybe he's the baby face. Maybe he's the guy that ends up turning to go after Daniel Bryan at some point. So it, it, it I get what you're saying, but it also in the long run could end up being something that benefits Joe. Maybe, maybe, but it just the way that I look at it right now, I mean, I've always kind of been hesitant whether they're really going to pull the trigger on Joe. Like when it comes to one thing to push him, another thing to really put him in that upper echelon and make him, you know, the true killer and let him be champion. And I've always wondered if they would actually do that. And I think we've gotten our answer a couple of times about Sad. that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't mean that they still couldn't do it. It just doesn't mean as much if they if they do it now. And, you know, I, I don't know where he fits in, especially with the baby faces on SmackDown. You know, hell, maybe we're missing something here. Maybe maybe they're going to do a superstar shakeup. I, I doubt it, but, I mean, who knows what they're going to do, you know, right after um, Survivor Series. Yeah, I, I mean, nothing, no rumblings of that. Uh, here's the thing that, I mean, that, that I really, that, that makes me just sit here and go, what are you doing? I would be more understanding of, I'm not saying that this would all make sense, but I, I would be more understanding of the company dis- deciding, hey, Becky's out, this this match with Ronda really was her top attraction, we need to shake things up, if this wasn't the network era. You have the built-in audience, and yeah, you're always trying to build on that, and I, I totally understand that, but it's not like it used to be where you have to sing for your supper with each and every show. Because people are either buying or they're not. You have a, a certain, you know, big number built in that is going to continue to uh, watch the network. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to believe that they took that big of a hit for Crown Jewel with all the controversy there that they're looking at and go, we need to do something to rebuild the network number. I, I don't think that's the issue. So I, I, but I don't get why when you have that built-in subscriber base that isn't going away, even if even if Survivor Series is disappointing, that why do you rush into all these things? What, what what's with the the mad panic that seemed to ensue on Tuesday night? It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over forty and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. 
That's managementconcepts.com. So what match goes on last on Sunday? Who cares? It's the most <laughs> old question ever. Um, I get, you know, it's like I get it all the time. And I like WrestleMania is the one time where I kind of look at it. Okay. Well, or SummerSlam once in a while. Um, it's a little more interesting when, you know, it, it because it would be not, I guess, borderline. It still feels semi like a big deal when the women uh, headline a show. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just always go to my usual answer, which is that, well, it depends what they have in mind creatively, because as much as fans were pointing to, we want to see Rhonda and, and, uh, Becky in the main event, and maybe they would have ended up getting that. Well, what if they were going to do some cheap schmoz that was going to be over in two minutes? Well, you're not going to headline with that, you know? And so I, I, I do think people get fired up uh, questioning who's going to go on last of all these shows and all that. And ultimately it, it just comes down to what they have in mind creatively. And so it, I think it could be Charlotte and Rhonda just because, I mean, do you really want to close the show with heel versus heel? It, I think it just depends on what they think the finishes are going to be for each match. Yeah, they, they, exactly. they, to me, you can't have a, I don't think you can have an interference or a DQ finish in the main event. And I just kind of get the feeling that that's maybe what they're going to do with um, with Lesnar and Daniel Bryan, and you know maybe they do that with another match too. I mean, I I could see where Ronda gets a clean win against Charlotte, so that that match still feels like it's it feels like it could be the main event of the show, or or at least it goes on last. You know, I mean, even with Lesnar and Daniel Bryan, I mean. I don't know what Brock Lesnar we're going to get on this show. I don't know if he if he's going to be willing to say, "Yeah, I'm super stoked about this match. I'm bringing my working boots and I'm going to I want to go for 15 or 20 minutes." Or if he goes, "Yeah, you know, I only want to go like 5 or 7 minutes here." Or, "Oh, you know, I think we should, you know, have this kind of a whatever finish, you know?" Sure. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's why we have to watch the show, but I just, it probably feels to me like with the way WWE has pushed Ronda as much as they have, and, and rightfully so, that she probably is still going to be in the main event. I think, I mean, yeah, that's the one that jumps out as being the most likely to me, just because of what you said. I mean, that main event now, heel versus heel, does it have a clean finish? You know, it, it is AJ running in? What, what's happening there? And by the way, why wasn't AJ just added to Team SmackDown? Not that I care about these elimination matches, mm-hmm. but... I, I don't know. They're going into it like it, it's the big question mark. Um, well, actually, I take that back. They added Jeff Hardy. So we know that one. It's they the want to take Rey Mysterio off the show, but uh, Paige wouldn't let Miz do that. That's right. And so it's the women who don't. Not only do they not have enough players right now. Right. SmackDown they, women's team is missing somebody. And we get they the big don't mystery. Have a captain, Brian. My God. How uh, is this going to work? Who, the, I mean, who's going to decide? Nothing. They're going rudderless into this show. I mean, could Paige not return to the ring, but be the captain at ringside, spouting out instructions? Kind of like Pauly dangerously war Don't game style? Don't be ridiculous. They, they, they're, they're doing that on Raw. Wait. Yeah. Wait, what? It, yeah. It's so dumb. Who Who's going to be the fifth person? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking in my mind. Who cares? I know. I'm like, who the hell are they going to put in that match? Yeah, it's not being built up like you know that Paige has a has an ace up ace in the hole here. Look out! It's just kind of like all right, which SmackDown women do they throw in there? Lana, it's got to be Lana. Could be, could be Mandy Rose. They love them some Mandy Rose. Yeah, um, I, I it's I, I don't Ugh. I wouldn't get your hopes up. There's no good answers. 
There are no good answers there. I mean, I don't, I don't think so either. I mean, look at this show too. I mean, Survivor Series has changed over the years. We've seen this plenty of times. Okay, even when they did the hokey, oh, bragging rights are on the line between the brands, or they had that cup or whatever they had. I mean, it doesn't feel like there's anything that's important here. I mean, they they've tried to make a little bit of importance in the men's, you know, um, Survivor Series elimination match, and that. If Braun Strowman doesn't guide Team Raw to victory, then he will not get a championship rematch against Brock Lesnar. Okay, that's a little something, but outside of that, it's like, okay, so why does anybody else care? It's because we're supposed to care about whether Shane or Stephanie get to use the you know the rich kids, the rich siblings, are, are which one of them will have bragging rights over the when it comes to the wrestlers they use as pawns in this. This is so dumb. I think if you're going to bring back a trophy, you name it the AJ Styles Cup, and then the intrigue becomes, and it really is a cup. And if Team SmackDown wins the cup, then AJ finally gets to wear a cup. But if he doesn't, then Raw gets to hold on to the cup, and AJ's prone to nut shots for another year. (laughs) And the mystery that comes into play is if you're on Team SmackDown and you see how vulnerable AJ's nuts are, do you want him to win the cup? Or... Uh, you know, do you do, do you just say, screw that? I want to be able to beat AJ Styles. So you turn on your brand. I'm going to start up a crowdsourcing thing to raise money to get a good cup for AJ Styles. Something needs to happen. Maybe this man's balls are being massacred. Tell me about it. Has a, they could file a lawsuit right now. I, I mean, they could build up war games. All they want of being the most barbaric, violent, chaotic structure built, you know, based on, you know, just violence personified. To me, I mean, that that's what's going on in AJ Styles' pants because of whoever he faces. I mean, he's just getting mangled every week. I hope somebody, he does makes the media rounds and somebody asks him about this. Oh, trust me. I, I want to so badly. I, I was hoping to get AJ Styles before, and I really want him now, you know. Uh, would you just be blunt? AJ, how are your nuts? I Absolutely, I would. I, <laughs> I, I absolutely would be that. I go, how worried is your wife about your junk? And then WWE PR, uh, Brian. <laughs> I, I've never had PR jump in to stop me from a question other than, hey, we need to wrap it up. I've never had well, that. Have you asked about a wrestler's nuts before? Um, I can't say that I have. <laughs> I did ask Kane what it was oh, like. Yes, being, I have a long track record. Yeah. About wrestler's nuts. <laughs> yeah. That, that's typically what I do. I mean, it's the whole Batista joke, you know, like, you know, it's so. No. I'm lost when it comes to interviewing the women. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, uh, let's see. Uh, I, I one time started an interview with Beth Phoenix asking her when the last time she was called a chick. Um, <laughs> she laughed about that, though. Uh, I asked Kane what it was like being part of a pedophilia or what? No, what was the storyline? Um, uh, necrophilia storyline. Oh yeah! Right after that happened, and he um he got quiet very quickly, and the interview just kind of sauntered on from there. <laughs> I was like, maybe I should have saved that for the second or third question, that right out of the gate. <laughs> I don't know. That was I a long time ago. Right you said necrophilia, not pedophilia. That yeah. would explain why you got so quiet. Oh my god! Sorry, Kane. <laughs> I I don't mean to put you in the pedophilia thing there, Kane. I'm in necrophilia. My bad. <laughs> Vince isn't listening. He'll get some ideas here. God, it'll be great. It'll be great, man. Look at what they're going to do here. It's awesome. Uh, So when we are talking about the weekend of WWE action on Monday, 
Will we once again be talking about how Takeover was the superior show? Because oh, I'm absolutely freaking loot. Absolutely. Yes. I, I am done with this crap of every time I go, well, you know what though? Takeover looks good, but man, SummerSlam looks great, or WrestleMania looks great, and then Takeover steals the weekend. I I am done with that. I'm I'm just siding with Takeover every time now. Oh yeah. I mean it's just I will be shocked when there's a bad takeover. I mean, not every takeover is the greatest show ever, but a lot of them feel like it. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, there's a track record there. The lineup looks really good. And it's just, you know, they're not bogged down by all, as the the four hour window or really the six hour with the, with the needlessly long kickoff show. Um, So yeah, it's just a two and a half hour, you know, maybe it it goes over a little bit, but just a straight adrenaline rush. I mean, you're just getting nonstop good wrestling during that time. And on the main roster, you know, I mean, those guys are certainly, and women are certainly capable of of that, but it's just the way the structure is and and the needlessly long shows and um, the booking, you know, I mean, that's a huge part of it is NXT delivers what people are looking for, where the main roster delivers what Vince McMahon wants. There's only four matches booked for TakeOver. It's beautiful. I mean, they're, yeah. like you said, it's going to be two, maybe two and a half hours. But, I mean, and there, there's no downtime between matches, really. Maybe a video package. That's it. I mean, right. Ciampa versus Velveteen Dream for the championship. Aleister Black against Johnny Gargano. War Games match and Shayna Baszler against Kyrie Sane. Two out of three falls for the women's championship. Boom. Done. Perfect. I like it. Yeah, that, I love it. That, that's all we need, man. And it, it's going to be a great show, too. Uh, I mean, I guess War Games is probably going to go on last year. Doesn't really matter. Uh, they'll continue the storyline with Gargano and Black and Ciampa and whatever. Uh, I know Gargano has been, you know, Gargano and Ciampa both been, obviously, with NXT for a while. I don't get the feeling that they're going anywhere anytime soon, but I do. I do wonder if there's going to be a call-up or two after Survivor Series. Do you get that feeling? Yeah, and I'm getting to the point where I hope not. You know, the the, the exception yeah. is I want to see Shayna Baszler up there because I still think she could be Steph's hired gun to go after Ronda and play on that, you know, their their friendship and she's betraying Ronda for the money, that sort of thing. And she's just really freaking good. Beyond that, I, I, I've now come to just dread it. And, and hey, it works out for some. Um, but there's just such a track record and a history now of WWE, the main roster, the creative Vince McMahon, just blowing it with so many can't miss talents. I mean, I, I don't know if you put Andrade Almas in the can't miss territory, but look what he's done with them. Nothing. Zelina Vega, great talker. How often do we hear from her? There's, I mean, and we could spend all day going through the people that Vince has dropped the ball with that he doesn't get it. Look what Sasha and Bailey have done the entire time they've been on the main roster. Just what a debacle that has been. So yeah, I, I, I just, I, I want NXT to get a regular cable television deal, and I want them to restructure the way they do things pay-wise, where if we're keeping you past a certain point, you're going to make what you'd make on the main roster because this is a third brand now. They talk about it being a third brand. Treat it that way. And then, you know, keep some certain talents handy that you just know, like, I, I really fear with Gargano and Ciampa they get called up to the main roster and Vince wouldn't get it. I agree there. I mean, I, 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 I'm with you in that boat. Like what would they do with those guys on the main roster? I mean, I look at this, you know, there's two guys that stand out to me that are two people that get called out or could get called up. Shana makes a lot of sense. 
I think Alistair Black makes some sense, but that storyline's going on. I can see Velveteen getting called up, even though I think that's way too early. I think it's I think it's a bad idea, and I like him Me a lot. Too. He just needs more seasoning. I mean, maybe that's a case of if he goes in the main roster, that's the only way he's going to get better, working with more um, with with more veterans and whatnot. But you know, there, there's enough veterans to me that are in NXT where I want to keep them there. Do you think there's any chance though that that Velveteen beats Ciampa for the title? I, I don't see it, but hey, there's a lot of things they do in NXT that I don't see that turn out to be a really good thing. Right. I agree there. I mean, I, I don't think so. I don't know if it makes sense right now, but yeah. I mean, Shane is the one that makes the most sense going up. Here, Here's something I wonder about, too, because I know there's all these people that are talking about this four horsewomen versus four horsewomen kind of thing. You know, been talking about it for a while. Make it stop. Yeah. It's a bad decision because two of the women are just starting to train. I mean, they've only been training for less than six months. When you talk about Marina Shafir and Jessamyn Duke, okay? But if you brought up Shayna and you put her on Raw, doesn't necessarily mean that her and Ronda have to feud because now maybe you've got Becky just embraced Charlotte. So it's kind of like, all right, well, now we can figure out how we can do the four on four because Becky and Charlotte are getting along now. So we're, we're past that hurdle of how can they, you know, do a, a match together when, you know, they've been fighting one another. And then, I mean, you've got the big hurdle though of Bailey and, and Sasha, but I mean that there are some little strains here. They can maybe say, well, maybe they could get to that match sooner than, you know, we thought, I mean, to me, you've already got something special in line for WrestleMania. I don't know when you'd want to do a four on four match. Not anytime soon. No, go mention the names Marina and Jessamine to any casual fan at a WWE event. They will have no idea who you're talking about. Maybe if they're like super casual to the point that like they're watching NXT and maybe they're going to recognize the names because they've been in yeah. ringside or something. They're the but people that, that, that go ringside or, or sit in the back with Shayna. That's it. Yeah. So why you would want to rush into this is beyond me. I don't think... It appeals to the the most hardcore fans out there. And even they don't know if these women are any good in the ring. And so I don't know. I've, I've never quite understood the the idea of just racing to this. I I, I just think that you intru- you let those two come along um, that, that are still training. And you eventually introduce them. Get your audience used to who they are. Then you do it. I mean, the main roster, fans who only watch the main roster know Shayna Baszler from commercials, and that's it. They they haven't seen her even. Let her come up to the main roster. I would do a Rousey, and I, I would do whatever I'm going to do with Ronda and uh, Baszler. Get that out of the way, and you can always bring them back together. And then, you know, if the, time is, if the timing is right, okay, you, you do the match. I wouldn't do this any sooner than even next year's Survivor Series. Right. To me, that feels like maybe you'd be ready then because maybe, I mean, not only storyline wise, but hey, I don't care how well Marina and Jessamyn might be doing training. They're still training. They, they haven't even appeared on NXT television yet when it comes to a wrestling match. And I don't well, want to rush the that. The truthers are going to tell you, but look at Ronda. Yeah, I know, but I'm not going to rush that. I'm just not going no, to. No, that's just why. Why rush it? I, I just don't. I don't think it's money. I, I mean, can it be in time? Yes. If you rush it out there now, 
No, the, the people who are paying to see WWE events religiously and going to NXT shows and everything else, those are going to be the people who are going to be excited about this. Can you sell people on it long-term and make account? Yeah. So take your time with it. There's no need to rush this. And if it never happens, if Ronda follows through and decides she's going off to start a family and, and she just leaves WWE for good and it doesn't happen, life goes on. I, I don't think it's this key pivotal match in WWE history. Last thing, do we now go radio silent between the two of us until Monday, considering that our football teams are facing one another on Sunday night? Mind you, the NFL totally screwed the pooch for us and putting yes, the Bears-Vikings game on head-to-head with Survivor Series. But uh, do we go radio silent now and, and you know put our angry faces on? Nah, cause I'm, and I told you going into the season, I think the Vikings and Bears split. This is your home game. So if they're going to split, I assume this is the one you guys win. So we've never been like that. You're um, you're laying down already. Come on, man. I mean, speak up for I, your team. I'm not even sandbagging. I mean, I'm just kind of sticking to what I said going into the season. You know, <laughs> yeah. the, the Bears being good defensively shouldn't surprise anyone. The, the, the thing that should surprise people is how poorly they played when Khalil Mack was out. This was a really good defense last year without Khalil Mack. And all of a sudden, they just turned into like this almost like JV squad when, when he was out, he's healthy. So that's not a concern, but no, it's a really good defense. And if, you know, I think so much of it just comes down to if the Vikings offensive line can provide, you know, it can be more than a speed bump for Khalil Mack. And, and if history is any indication, they won't be. And then the other part of it is how well does Trubisky play? You know, that's on the other side. Um, I, I think, He's obviously looked good. He's played some sketchy deep. There always seems to be kind of that, well, the, the yeah, but in there. Okay, yeah, but it was against the Bucks, Or, yeah, it was against the Lions who didn't have Darius Slay. So, you know, he's getting, I believe, a pretty healthy Vikings defense coming off the bye week. And so if he goes out there and he does it against this defense, and it's not a case of they're being idiotic and having linebackers cover like elite speed wide receivers like they did against the Rams. If they actually just go out there and play good, solid defense and he still lights them up. Hey, you've got something there, a quarterback and the bears win that game. I am just not looking forward to knowing that considering I have to cover survivor series. By the time I get done with that, it's going to be like 1130 Eastern that I'm going to have to stay up to almost two o'clock in the morning to watch that game. Oh, I get it. Well, it'll be about the same for me, only because of the time difference, because I have to hop on with Jake Barnett, Mm. yell at him immediately, no spoilers on the game. And I I mean, the phone will be unplugged. Uh, My cell phone will be turned off. Uh, Email will be shut down. Uh, Twitter will be shut down. I will have to have everything on lock because your team's fans just can't stop harassing me. Uh, they've been good this week, but I, they they usually are. And then if they win, like if the Vikings win that game, then I won't hear from them. They're so I, I seem to attract some of the, the the bad Bears fans, Brian. Not all, but but some of them. Uh, and every team has them, so I'm not just pointing the finger at your team. Lord knows Viking fans have their share of idiotic fans as well. But yeah, they <laughs> if the Bears win, my God, well, uh, it, it, my Twitter will be lighting up with people going crazy about the Bears and them going to the Super Bowl. See, there's there's the difference right there. You're talking about the bad Bears fans. Meanwhile, I think that every Vikings fan is a bad fan. Every fan, really? Yeah, every fan. Because they're wow. a Viking fan. They're, I mean, that's bad enough already. I mean, that. How can I respect you after that? Wow. So you are one of those bad Bear fans, clearly. <laughs> 
when the Bears win a preseason game, do you start looking at flights to the Super Bowl like some of them do? I don't watch preseason football. Well, there's that. It's like Survivor Series for me. There's nothing of importance to watch. I don't care. I watch it for fantasy football purposes because I want to see, you know, some of the rookies in action because I don't watch college football, but now preseason is terrible. Yeah. I I I can't do that. It's getting worse too. Like teams it used to be, hey, the third game, you're gonna see the starters go into this into the second half. Now you might not even see the starters play in the third game, just depending on the team. It's they oh man. They have to find a way to shorten that because four games of preseason is brutal as it is, and now it's getting worse. Yeah, I totally agree there. Everybody can uh, catch up with all your great coverage of uh, all of wrestling, including TakeOver and Survivor Series. Everybody can go to ProWrestling.net, sign up, become a member. You get to hear a lot of Jason and a lot of uh, the other guys, uh, Jake Barnett, Will Pruitt, everybody uh, filling and doing uh, all the audio that they do and all the, uh, the member content. By signing up at ProWrestling.net, and you can follow Jason on Twitter at ProWrestlingNet. Did I get all of that right? Yeah, but also, check out The Boom, my free weekly podcast with Paul Allen, voice of the Minnesota Vikings, providing the introduction to that show. It is available at PWBoom.com, a new new episode pretty much every Wednesday or Thursday. And this week will be .NET staffer John Moore joining me to uh, break down TakeOver and Survivor Series as well. So if Brian and I didn't give you your fix today, hop on over to PWBoom.com. Do a search for Pro Wrestling Boom on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcasts. We're available to Downcast Stitcher, all the usual places, and we would love to have you check it out. Thanks, buddy. My pleasure. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Question time here on the podcast. You can leave your questions on the Facebook page. Go to facebook.com backslash between the ropes. I'll put the post up there and you can leave your questions below. I know some people asked questions from a couple of weeks ago and I apologize again for not doing a podcast last week. So let me get to some of those right now. And hopefully some of these are not outdated considering what just happened over uh, the past few days when it comes to uh, WWE and all the different changes that have taken place. Uh, Matt Ellis asks, after watching Johnny Gargano's promo from NXT on Wednesday night, I am amazed at how simple yet effective it was. In WWE's case, most of their segments seem very overdone and never seems to pull you into the moment. Do you think WWE is purposely making their main roster content overdone to make the audience remember that it's still sports entertainment? And do you think that there is a sense of realism that has been lost in WWE for quite a while? Yeah, I, I think when it comes to that sense of realism and just kind of the way that they do storylines there, that has been lost for a while and for a couple of reasons. I think, number one, 
that is Vince McMahon's vision of what he wants to see out of wrestling, out of sports entertainment. When it comes to NXT, Vince is a lot more hands-off. If he wanted to be hands-on or if he wanted something done, obviously he could say, I want this done. But that is more of Triple H's vision. And it's a little bit different. I mean, we can see that. We've seen it all the time. Plus, when you're talking about the main roster, and I'm not trying to make excuses for them because they, they could easily uh, tighten up the storylines, I think, and make them better. But they're playing under a little bit of a different rules from a standpoint of they have more television to fill up. Uh, they've got a lot more talent that they're trying to include on shows. But that doesn't mean that things couldn't be done better. And there is more of a sense of realism when it comes to the storylines in NXT that I think we're missing you know, on the main roster. Becky Lynch is as big of a star as she is right now because it feels real. It, it's organic. It wasn't something that WWE shoved down our throats. It was something that fans clamored for and fans wanted to see it. And that's why people have embraced her so much, despite the booking that some people think has been a mistake in that trying to make her into a heel and people want to get behind her and really support her. And that just makes fans fight for her even more. It's the same thing that happened with Daniel Bryan uh, years ago. And you don't see that all the time, but when it does happen, people really get behind it. People really embrace it and they really feel special. Look at what's going on in NXT and some of the storylines there when it comes to Johnny Gargano's promos, even the one that he recently did, you know, talking about why he attacked Aleister Black and look at that whole storyline because it went from Johnny against his former best friend in Tommaso Ciampa to Johnny never winning the championship, still the ultimate babyface, the ultimate underdog, and him trying to get revenge against Ciampa, the fights that have gone on between the two of them, and to where Johnny has basically lost his mind. And that is the reason why he attacked Aleister Black. That is kind of where he is at right now in this this kind of roller coaster story and even the storyline of we didn't know who attacked Alistair Black and they had this who done it that was out there that you know it could be very easily have been done to be very hokey but I think the way that it was done while it wasn't the most realistic thing but it was a nice cliffhanger it was something that was out there that got people talking so uh, NXT does things definitely in a different way. And it's just two different uh, visions of what wrestling is. I wouldn't, it, it's not like a huge difference, but those little things sure mean a lot. And, and that's what we've seen in NXT for a while. Uh, Alan Al-Sharif asks, uh, now that Triple H is injured and uh, could possibly be out of WrestleMania, where does that leave Batista? Does he delay his WWE return until Triple H returns? Or does he feud with someone else like a Daniel Bryan or a... Randy Orton. Personally, I'd love to see Batista Rock feud battle with the movie stars. I don't think Rock is coming back to have a match. I know that there was some talk about that when it comes to Rock against Roman Reigns uh, at WrestleMania next year. Obviously, that is not going to happen because of Roman's injury, or most likely will not. And I don't even know how much that was really talked about. I mean, to have the Rock come back, that, that's always going to be tough anyway. Um, be able to fit in his schedule and to have him have a full-blown match with uh, all of the hurdles you have to jump through to uh, make that happen. I, I don't know if that was going to happen. Now, when it comes to Triple H and his injury, I mean, he's got a torn pack. He's already had surgery. He's started rehab, and he has to do his regular workload. So that's going to be uh, pretty intense, to say the least. 
I still think that he will make it back in time for WrestleMania. I, I think we're going to see Triple H against Batista at Mania. If Triple H was off that show, I don't know if Batista delays his comeback or maybe he does. Maybe they would just push it back to SummerSlam. I mean, they want to do it at WrestleMania. I'm sure that's where Batista wants to do it, but maybe they could delay it. Now, would Batista be able to do that with his schedule? I don't know. But to me, that would be the easiest remedy. I don't know if they'd want to push it back a whole nother year, a whole nother WrestleMania, but we'll see. I mean, this all just depends on where Triple H is at when it comes to his rehab. To be able to come back in time for WrestleMania, it's going to be tough. It's not impossible. I don't think it's going to be like this John Cena timeline where he came back from a torn pack after like three months, which he did years ago when he miraculously came back at the Royal Rumble at Madison Square Garden. But I think that he could make it in time when it comes to Triple H. I think he could make it in time for this WrestleMania. It'll be, it'll be rushed. Um, it will be a shorter timeline than a normal person would be able to come back from that. But I mean, he is a very driven athlete and I think he'll make it back in time if, if everything goes well with the rehab. Um, one other question from uh, Alan Sharif. Is Chris Jericho really starting up a new wrestling promotion with Jim Ross? If so, are Cody Rhodes and the Elite headed there, or can you see them ending up in WWE? And where does that leave all in two? Okay, so Chris Jericho is not starting up a new wrestling promotion with Jim Ross, but there have been rumors of a new wrestling promotion starting up that Chris Jericho could be a part of, and Jim Ross could be a part of, and Cody could be a part of, and the Elite could be a part of. And that's just, it's something that's been talked about right now. Um, and we have to see if there's really something to it or not. I mean, it involves Tony Khan, who is the son of the Jacksonville Jaguars owner from the NFL. And there have been all kinds of rumors that maybe he would start a wrestling promotion or would, wants to be involved with uh, touring shows or helping finance all in two. I mean, it's all rumors and speculation that is out there right now. So I don't know. But I know Chris Jericho like totally shot this down recently and said, no, I'm not starting up a wrestling promotion. Well, yeah, he's not starting up a wrestling promotion. Could it be part of a new one or whatever this could turn out to be, whether it's uh, Tony Khan or whether it's somebody else that's uh, incredibly wealthy? That remains to be seen. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what's going on. I mean, we'll, we'll find out probably by the end of the year exactly what is going on there. But I mean, that, that kind of rumor speculation has been out there for a while. And, you know, when we talk about guys like the Young Bucks or Cody and what their future is going to be, because, you know, Cody and the Bucks are not going to be a part of Ring of Honor uh, as of right now. I mean, they could always change their minds. They could always come to an agreement. But as of right now, their contracts are expiring with the company and uh, and they're not returning. And, uh, the same could be for hangman page as well. Uh, it does not look like with well, the bucks probably are not going to be with new Japan next year, unless things change. Um, when it comes to page and Cody, I think they both want to work with new Japan and we'll see what happens there. Um, I don't think any of them are going to WWE unless you want to start talking about Kenny Omega that's another conversation. I don't know what Kenny is going to do. I, I tend to think that Kenny is going to stay with New Japan, but you never know when it comes to WWE. Uh, if, any, if any of those guys are going to go to WWE, the one guy that I feel might is Kenny, but even that is, um, that's a big if. 
it's a, there's still a lot of things that are juggling in the air right now, but I, I don't think those guys most part are going to be with ring of honor and we'll see what they do with new Japan and we'll see what they do with a possible startup or whatever this thing could be. Could, like I said, it could just be, you know, a touring faction that goes around and they would be a part of that or they do an all in two and maybe it becomes an all in three as well or who the hell knows what it could become? I wouldn't even know where they do shows. Like, would they do regular shows? Or if so, would they be on TV and where? Or would they just be a YouTube series? Or what exactly could it be? I mean, I have I have no idea right now. And that's, that's something we'll have to see. Um, Steven Minahane asks, uh, thoughts on AOP winning the tag team titles out of nowhere with no heat? Uh, well, I mean, it, at least they did something with AOP. I mean, the problem that they have now is that there are no other really strong tag teams, especially on Raw. Uh, on SmackDown, at least you've got the Usos, you've got the Bar, you've got the New Day, you've got something going on there. If they really want to pull the trigger, they can make it even better. That's a whole nother story. But on Raw, they don't have that many good tag teams. They don't have that many really strong tag teams because... They refuse to do anything with the revival, which is sad to say the least. Uh, they could do something with uh, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, and they are not. So you've got AOP on there with no real contenders. You got nobody really for them to face. So that that's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. And hey, you know they want to get the titles off of Rollins and Ambrose, and this is the way to do it. And it made no sense for those guys to keep the titles. So at least they put it on AOP. But where they go from here, that's a whole nother question. Uh, Joshua Bellamini asks, uh, what do you think about the roller coaster that has been Jinder Mahal's last two years? Man, that is a loaded question. I would say that they brought back Jinder Mahal. They gave him a chance and they said, hey, we're going to make somebody. We need another top star. They gave him an opportunity. They uh, did everything they could with him. I think that Jinder worked extremely hard. And I think that he did the best that he could. I think as a character, he was really good. Uh, in the ring was always a problem where he was average at best. And when you are the champion in today's day and age, you have to have some really strong matches. And he. Didn't have strong matches. I think Jinder is a great guy and I think he's a great character and I think he cares and I think he works very, very hard. But there were limitations and WWE went with him for a while and now they have changed their tune. I am surprised that they've changed their tune as much as they have because you're talking about a guy that they gave a run to as a champion. And for them to do not a 180, but close to that, um, they... I mean, to where now he's just this, whatever you want to call him. I mean, I, I he's not as bad as when he was with 3MB, but they're not doing anything with him anymore. He's just a guy that goes out there. He'll have a match. You'll lose. Uh, he's just somebody they can insert in various storylines. I mean, look what they did this past week on Raw with uh, having him uh, go out there, you know, against Brock Lesnar and just get destroyed. That's his role right now. So, I mean, they... They've changed their mind on him, and I, I, I think it's safe to say that he's not going to be champion again anytime soon. Um, he worked hard at it. I think he tried, and WWE said, you know what? We're going to give somebody an opportunity, 
it just didn't work out the way that they wanted. Uh, but he was champion for a while. I mean, give him that. I mean, you can't take that away from the guy. Uh, let's see. A couple of these, I think, are a little bit outdated because they were from a couple of weeks ago. Maybe I should get to the ones from this week as I'm kind of scanning over this. As you can tell, I didn't exactly lay these out in advance. Um, sure, I'll get to Francis here. Uh, Francis Reyes, uh, do you think we should have Becky wear a mask like Trish to wrestle Ronda? No, we can't because Becky Lynch is in uh, concussion protocol and that means uh, she is not cleared to wrestle. If it was a broken nose, I think she would, she would wrestle. Maybe she would have a mask on, maybe not, but I think she would have a match with Ronda. But once you're in concussion protocol, you're out. And that's why she is not having the match on Sunday with uh, Ronda. Do you think that uh, SmackDown should have opened with Becky getting in the face of Vince instead? No, that's not where they wanted to go with this. And I mean, what's that going to accomplish if Becky gets in the face of Vince McMahon because she wants to fight? No, I mean, it's just not going to happen. And there's no reason to get heat on Vince. There's no reason whatsoever Vince isn't getting in the ring anytime soon. Vince is not going to be like the acting commissioner or the GM of either brand. Vince doesn't even want to be on TV that much. That's why we rarely see him anymore. That is done on purpose. So there's no reason to have Vince get involved in that storyline. Um, do you think we could see if Brock left, Paul Heyman would return to the commentary table and maybe move Corey? where he would stay on just one of the shows instead. I don't know what would happen. Um, I mean, I've talked to Heyman about that before a few years ago, and I asked him point blank, if Brock left, would he be there? And he said, no. I don't know if that's changed. I don't know if there's anybody else he would want to work with, anybody else WWE would want him to work with. I tend to think, though, that he would not want to do commentary. I think it's one of those things where it's like, been there, done that. I don't know if that excites Paul. Maybe it does. But I tend to believe that he is there with his buddy Brock Lesnar. And once Brock Lesnar is not there, I don't know if Paul Heyman is going to be in WWE. Uh, Preston Hill asks, um, was Becky choosing her replacement the WWE's, or was not Becky choosing her replacement uh, the WWE's chance to elevate Asuka? Of course, Charlotte Flair was picked by Becky to be in the match on Sunday. And why wasn't it Asuka? I just think the the way that WWE has used Asuka, it wouldn't make sense. I mean, it would feel like, okay, they're putting Asuka in the match. We know what's going to happen there. At least with Charlotte, you get the feeling a little bit more that maybe Charlotte could win. Maybe something can happen there. I think, I think most people still believe like Ronda is obviously a huge favorite. Ronda is most likely going to win the match. But it's a little bit different in that they haven't damaged her as much as they've damaged Asuka. Now, could they do something with Asuka here very shortly? Absolutely, they could. I mean, I hope that they turn her heel, and I hope they do something with Asuka. I mean, an Asuka-Becky Lynch feud makes a lot of sense right now, but to throw Asuka in that match after what they've done uh, recently with her booking, I just don't think it would have made that much sense. Um, one last one from Preston. Does Survivor Series seem flat? An afterthought after two more meaningful pay-per-views. There's no buildup whatsoever. It is just kind of thrown together. I mean, remember, it is that one night of the year where the superstars of Raw 
face the superstars of SmackDown. If you don't count the Royal Rumble, if you don't count the Battle Royal at WrestleMania, if you don't count some of the other things, even the greatest Royal Rumble that they did. So, I mean, I mean, it, it's just a dumb tagline, but yeah, it is kind of slapped together. I mean, the problem is what are the stakes on line here? Is there enough heat in matches where people care? Because when you're facing people off from different brands, there really isn't that much heat because people don't care about Raw versus SmackDown. Fans are not invested in that like, ooh, I'm a Raw guy. I'm going to root for the Raw people or I'm a SmackDown person. I want to go Team Blue, whatever. That's not the case. Just not. And when there's nothing on the line other than bragging rights, it's like, who cares? I mean, didn't they have a cup a couple of years ago when it comes to Raw and SmackDown? They had a cup. I mean, who cares even about that? They don't even have that anymore. So, I mean, they, they've they introduced a little bit of a storyline where if Braun Strowman does not lead Team Raw, the men's team, to a victory, then he does not get a rematch against Brock Lesnar. Okay, there's something at least. But other than that, I mean, as a fan, why am I going to be invested in the men's five-on-five? the women's five on five, the tag team five on five, which is just going to be a cluster. Uh, I don't know what to get invested in. You know, I want to see Seth Rollins against Shinsuke Nakamura. I think that could be a very, very good match. There are no championships that are on the line. You know, Brock Lesnar against Daniel Bryan. I think that's going to be a very good match. A little bit of a weird dynamic now that's heel versus heel, but there are no championships that are on the line. So. What are we doing this for? I mean, I understand the Raw versus SmackDown aspect. I understand the, ooh, it's cool that we're seeing people from different brands face each other. But, I mean, that's great. And I want to see really good matches. But if there's nothing on the line, if there's no stakes, then you're missing that that emotional tag to it, you know, that, that hook. And that's why we look at Survivor Series now. And in a lot of ways, it does feel very flat. I mean, the one thing that they did have when it came to Becky Lynch and Ronda, while there's no championship on the line there, there was a lot of emotion and that's because of Becky and to see Becky and the way she was calling out Ronda. I mean, that was fantastic. <laughs> and that, that one, you felt like there were some stakes. Um, even though there weren't, there wasn't a championship on the line. It was one of those things like, Oh, what are they going to do? Is Becky actually going to win this match? Look at, look at her. She's one of the few women that's actually standing up to Ronda Rousey and she's calling around and, and different things. I mean, there was something there, but you know, that's obviously not going to happen now. And well, it's not going to happen at survivor series. I tend to believe it's going to happen at WrestleMania. I hope WWE does it at WrestleMania. And I hope that they keep Becky uh, as strong as possible and continue the war of words. You can do that. You can do that from now until WrestleMania and just build that up to where that can be just a, big of a match as it was going to be because it felt like a huge match at Survivor Series. It could be a huge match at WrestleMania. There could be just one championship on the line. One of them could be champion while the other isn't. And that match could be so big. It could be the main event of WrestleMania. People have talked about, could we ever get the first ever uh, women's match to be the main event of a WrestleMania? That could be it. I know there was a lot of talk coming off of WrestleMania this past year that Ronda against Charlotte was going to be it. And to me, that just felt off. 
the way that they booked Charlotte immediately after uh, WrestleMania, we've talked about it time and time again here on the podcast, but it felt off. I mean, it doesn't mean they couldn't ramp it up, but it just felt like a missed opportunity. They've got another opportunity now, but it's Becky Lynch against Ronda Rousey. And if they do this right, and the good thing is they're on different brands, so they shouldn't cross paths, except for maybe the Royal Rumble. But that's a good thing. Keep them apart from one another. Have them, you know, talk trash at one another, build up the match, and then finally have it at WrestleMania. That's what we want to see. You have to keep them apart. They can't have a match between now and then, or hopefully they don't have a match between now and then. You've got to build an excuse for them not to have a match between now and then, since Becky cannot be on this show on Sunday. So we can still get that big match. And it's the silver lining that's going on here, and that, you know, it it sucks that Becky's not going to be a part of the show on Sunday, but. Now you can keep them apart and you can build up to a really, really big match between Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania, hopefully. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the podcast. A couple of quick reminders. Support us on Patreon. $3 a month, that's all it is. Go to patreon.com backslash between the ropes and get the ad-free version of the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on all of the different platforms, iTunes, we're on Google Play, we're on uh, Spotify. I don't think I was on Spotify before, but Between the Ropes is on Spotify, we're on the TuneIn app, we're on Stitcher, uh, we're on Spreaker. So just about anywhere, in fact, anywhere you can listen to podcasts, I guarantee you can find Between the Ropes. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on social media, on Twitter, at Between the Ropes. I'm personally on Twitter, at Brian Fritz. And uh, you can check out the Facebook page. Go to facebook.com backslash Between the Ropes. I'll be back uh, next week. A lot going on when it comes to Fallout from uh, Survivor Series and what is going on uh, in WWE. And uh, we'll see what's going on elsewhere outside of WWE as well. So I'll talk to you next week. Thanks again, everybody. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.